Hi, this is Pastor Bob. Today is the last, number seven, in my series on continuing the Word of God. And today we're going to talk about the hearing ear. He that hath ears to hear, keep on hearing, keep on hearing, keep on hearing. We've taught about it in this series, but I'm going to really emphasize it today. You're going to find out the importance of continuing to hear the Word of God and let it be a blessing in your life. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Today is number seven, the last in the series that I'm teaching on to follow after the Word of God. Continue in the Word is the title for this series and I'm even offering a CD on the subject of continue in the Word of God, the importance of it. And we're told throughout the Word of God that whenever we come to Jesus Christ, He becomes our all in all. We put our faith and trust in Him. We count Him as the King of the universe and now the ruler of our life. But then after we're born again, the Word of God becomes the most important thing we follow after, of which Jesus said in John chapter 8 to those who just believed in Him, now if you'll continue in my Word, then you'll be my disciples. God not only doesn't want just converts, He wants disciples. Converts are instantaneously made, but disciples take a lifetime. You never quit growing in the things of God. And I mean, you never come to a time when you don't need your church, you don't need your pastor. No, you still need him. And so no matter how late in life it is, I mean, as long as you can make it to the church, you make it to the church. It is the most important thing in your life. I'm here to tell you, you might run a great corporation, you might have great business skills, but you won't take those business skills to heaven, but you'll take everything you learned in church. Why? Business skills are temporary for while you're here to help provide income for you, for your family, and for giving into the gospel of Jesus Christ. But what you learn in church from the word of God will last you forever. And that's what you'll be rewarded for in heaven, what you learn from the things of God. So that's why you keep growing in the things of God, continuing through your lifetime. We took this up in Luke chapter 14, and this is where we ended yesterday, talking about the first part of this. And that's where we had people who came and a great supper was made by the pastor, and he invited many to come to the church service, but then said one by one, they begin to offer excuses. And the first one said, well, I bought a piece of ground. I must go see it. What kind of idiot buys a piece of property, then goes and looks at it? Is that the way you buy homes? Is that the way you buy cars? No, you try them out. He says, I must go see it. The second one said, I bought five yoke of oxen. I need to go test them. You mean you actually bought five yoke of oxen, 10 oxen, very expensive, and then now you need to go try them out. The other said, I've married a wife and can't come. How often do people meet each other in church? And then after they're married, church doesn't mean it's important. In each case, these people used the Bible, the word of God and their prayer life to get God to do something for them. After he did something for them, they don't need him anymore. They don't want to come to church anymore. They change their priorities. In other words, God is not a magic genie that you rub and get him to come out of the Bible. You rub the side of the Bible, he comes out, gives you three wishes. No, that's not what it is. So it said it made the master of the house angry and he just told his servants, go out and gather everybody. They can bring. bring in here the sick, bring in here the lame, bring in here the poor, bring them in here. And I'm a priest the word to him. In other words, I'll start over again if I have to, because God is looking for that crop, that part of them that comes out. He's looking for that one fourth of the four types of ground, that one fourth that continue to grow in the things of God that went on to become great disciples of Jesus Christ. And we're talking about disciples. You know, in my own life, I was raised in church. 
And uh, from the time I was five years old, my dad was a pastor. And even before that time, I was raised in church. And I don't even remember when I started going to church. My mom and dad just took me to church and I had no choice about it. My dad took up that verse in the closing part of the book of Joshua, where Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want you to notice this, as for me and my house, whoever lives here, this is my house. I own it. And while you're here, it says, we will serve the Lord. Someone in the house needs to speak for we. Oftentimes today we ask our kids, do you want to go to church? No, it's not up to them whether we go to church or not. We will serve the Lord. The day you leave this house, you can make up your own mind what you want to do, but I'm going to ingrain it into you that church is the most important thing here in life because it teaches you the most important thing, which is the word of God. And so I learned that. And so, you know, growing up, I was part of a little Pentecostal church. We were there on Sunday morning, Sunday night, midweek service. And there was time at five, six, seven years old. I was there for a two weeks for a, uh, for a revival service. And every night we had revival. I had to be there. Why? Because my dad took me there and he taught us the things of God at the house as well as in the car. It was every part of our life that we did the word of God. And we quoted the word of God, learned the word of God. And so I grew in those things. And you know what? I miss certain things growing up. I didn't get to see Disney on Sunday night. We didn't have video recorders at that time. And so I didn't get to see them. My friends at school would say, did you see Disney last night? I go, no. Oh yeah, you're a preacher's kid. You had to be in church. Well, I can tell you this after all these years, the name of Mickey Mouse has never helped me one time, but the name of Jesus has brought me out of great and terrible tragedies and brought to me deliverance in my life. The name of Jesus has blessed me and I can look back on it now and I can go back and watch those things because now that I've been archived and realize I didn't miss anything. Those were dumb shows, stupid things, you know, but they entertained little children. Well, I'm not a little child anymore, and I have found out the Word of God is my bread of life. The Word of God is the meat of my life. The Word of God is my life because everything that flows through me revolves around the Word of God. Now, Jesus went on to say in this same parable in verse 27, whoever does not carry his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Notice again, we're talking about discipleship. We're not talking about converts. We're not talking about being born again. That's instantaneous. We're talking about now becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. So notice this, this verse has confused many people. Whoever doesn't carry his cross, well, I don't, I don't believe God makes me pick up a cross. Jesus picked up the cross. I don't need to pick up a cross. And people immediately begin to question this whole thing and don't see that it's not Jesus' cross, it's your cross. Whoever does carry his cross and come to me, and it doesn't talk about being born again, it talks about being a disciple. Jesus' cross made you a convert. Jesus' cross made you a child of God. Jesus' cross forgave you of your sins and set you on your path to heaven. But between now and going to heaven, God has given you a cross. Now your cross won't take you to heaven. His cross did and his cross will. Your cross doesn't, is not for you to have your sins that you consider, oh, well, I've got this besetting sin in my life. I guess that's my cross to bear. No, sin was on his cross. Well, I've got this reoccurring sickness in my life. You know, my dad had it, my mom had it. You know, it goes back generations. It's just part of our genealogy. No, your sickness is not your cross to bear. Your sickness was on his cross. On his cross, he took sin. On his cross, he took sickness. Your cross is different. Those were on Jesus' cross. What was on Jesus' cross will never be on your cross. What's on your cross, Jesus never will bear. Your cross is something you are free to pick up, free to lay down, or free never to pick up at all. Here's the bottom line. Your cross is for flesh 
to die on. Your desires, your cravings, your things that would come against the things of God, your cross is for flesh to die on. His cross was for your salvation. Your cross is for discipleship. It goes on to say, and jump down with me to verse 33. Likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its savor, how will it be seasoned? It's neither fit for the land nor for the dunghill, but men cast it out. He who has ears to hear, let him keep on hearing. Oh, we came right back to that phrase again. He who has ears to hear, let him keep on hearing. And the ears that you have to hear are right here on the side of your head. And keeping on hearing means that once you've set to hearing the word of God, you keep on hearing time after time after time after time. And you keep on. Why? Because God's goal for you is for you to become a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what happens. Your cross is for discipleship. His cross was for salvation to become a convert. But your cross is something you're free to pick up every day. Free to pick up, free to lay down, or free never to pick up at all. In fact, when my mom and dad used to tell me to go to church, do you think I wanted to go to church? Especially when I became a teenager. As a teenager, when all the kids were going out having fun doing certain things, you think it was my desire to go to church? No, but you know what I had to do? Pick up my cross. I've seen this happen so often. And that's the dad will come home from work on say Wednesday afternoon. They're having church that night. We don't have a whole lot of Wednesday night church service, but we did when I was growing up. So throw this on another night whenever you might have a midweek service or something during the week. And so he would come home and the first thing he'd walk through the door. And I mean, the kids were looking at like, dad, do we have to go to church tonight? And the wife says, you know, well, honey, we've got so much going on. The kids have homework. Could we just skip church tonight? And he looks around, thinks for a minute and says, no, no, no. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I think every time, honey, the church doors are open, we're going to be there. Unless it's something for vacation, if there's a good reason we can't be at church. But this would be an excuse. And he looks at the kids, the kids going, really, Dad? He says, yeah. And he says, when we get home, you can do your homework. And when we get home, we can do this. They go, okay. And what you do is by the time it's time to go to church, you pick up your cross. Eh, boom, and you put it on your shoulder and you walk out the door. Uh, 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 and all the way there, they're saying, daddy, did we have to do it? Yes, then we're going to church. Uh, uh, uh. And you get to church and you come in the door and you sit down. And immediately your kids are saying, dad, when we get out of here, let's head straight home. Because, you know, and the wife says, honey, I've already got some food out at home. Let's don't go to rest. Let's just go straight home. It's where, and the kids can start doing their home and all that. And, you know, heaping a little more condemnation on dad because he's the one that said, let's come here to church. But I can tell you what happens. What happens after crucifixion? Resurrection. Because I can tell you this, when you pick up your cross and do things and your flesh dies, there's always something good on the other side. And what happens after church is, man, we've had fellowship with these people. The word of God blessed. In fact, I learned something tonight. I, you know, I've been thinking about this and all of a sudden I've been thinking about it for some time, asking God to answer me. And he answered me tonight through the sermon. Look how these pieces of my life fit together. Now I understand what I've been going through. And now I have the answer, what I'm going to do at the office, what I'm going to do, you know, in the home, what the decisions I've needed to be made. And all of a sudden the kids are happy. The wife is happy. Great things are happening. And after church, instead of heading home, what do you do? You have to fellowship with people and you go out and get yourself some yogurt somewhere, or you go get yourself some pie somewhere and you fellowship, fellowship, and their whole life changed, your whole night changed because why? You put first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these extra things were added to you. You picked up your cross and came to church, but on the other side, there is resurrection. And I can tell you this, after all these years of my life, there's things I used to do that I enjoy. I don't even 
even think about him anymore. Why? Because word of God, going to church, being in meetings is the most important thing in my life. This is where I receive revelation from God and think, and things. I have it going in my car. The word's going in my car. And the very series you can order that I've got here for this one, you can plug in your car, listen to it. And over a number of days and weeks, you can listen to this and your life becomes changed to where it can becomes changed so much you plug in another CD of another subject. And pretty soon it's not as important that you listen to talk radio. It's not as important that you listen to your country music. It's not that important that you listen to classic rock, although that's all right from time to time. But man, you become so absorbed with the word of God. And you know what? Sometimes it's picking up your cross to push in that CD in the car and not listen to your classic rock station. You push it in, but by the time you're through with that, you're so happy. Why? Because I can tell you this, the Beatles won't take you and make you a disciple of the Lord. Neither will the Rolling Stones and neither will your country music and neither will talk radio. They become so addictive. You listen one day after another, but they don't actually progress your life. The word of God will make you a disciple. Sound built on the foundation of the Word of God. I will see you immediately after halftime. The early church saw great success by continuing in the Word of God. Success in your walk with God is found when you continue in His Word. God wants you to have an abundant entrance into heaven, and that is only possible as you become a disciple of Jesus and study His Word. In this seven-part teaching by Bob Yandian, you'll gain insight into the importance of the Word for success in your daily life as a child of God. Lessons include, why do we go to church? Power and refreshing, overcoming offenses, excuses and reasons, the cost of discipleship, the cost of commitment, and the lifestyle of a disciple. To order Continue in the Word, visit our website at bobyandian.com. A new book just came in. I've been waiting on this book, Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at Karis Bible College. And I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult, but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all it covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. Go to my website, bobbyandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself. Blessings upon blessings to you. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Welcome back. I want you to look with me again at Mark chapter four. We're going to take a look now at verse 20 through 23, and we're going to talk about the good ground. We've talked about the other types of ground. Oh, we've talked about the hard ground, then the stony ground, then the thorny ground. The hard ground is those that don't listen at all, might come to church for every other reason than to, you know, listen to the word of God. And whatever is sown into their life, immediately Satan steals it. Immediately Satan steals it. The next ground, when they hear the word of God, this is the uh, stony ground, they immediately receive the word. If you re immediately receive it, Satan cannot immediately steal it. 
And so Satan goes into operation and all different things. He brings up the things of life, the troubles of life, throws them at you to get you change your priorities. And after a while, they begin to fall away because they had no root in themselves because of the rocks under the ground. The root can only go so far and it has to spread out. It can't go down and become deeper. And the third type of ground was thorny ground where rocks are under the ground, thorns are above the ground. This is the things of life, the provisions of life and finances, especially finances is said the lust of other things entering in and the deceitfulness of wealth comes in. Wealth is great. God wants you to have wealth if you know how to treat it, know what to do with it. But when you start heaping it on yourself, then all of a sudden it becomes a priority in your life above the things of God and you don't come back to church as often and eventually you don't come back at all. So again, it says in those verses of scripture, talking about those types of ground and uh, three of them. And honestly, we're gonna talk about the good ground now. Now, listen, pastors, I don't want you to get upset with me. I know you've got your goals set higher than this, but let's come back realistically to the word of God. The seed was scattered on all four types of ground. All four types of ground come to church. The hard ground comes to church and the, and the stony ground comes to church, the thorny ground comes to church. And your prayer, that's why you keep throwing the seed out there. It's not your personality that's gonna change them. It's not your personality and your preaching skills that's going to get to them. It's the word. And one day, if they finally open themselves up to the word of God, hard ground can then become stony ground, can become thorny ground, they can become good ground. There's progression as you move and you start to undig out of your life all these problems that are there, such as the stones, such as the thorns, and then pretty soon you become good ground. And even then you can produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. Listen to me carefully what I'm about to say. Three quarters of the church never made it to discipleship. Only one type of ground did. And it's the only one who even showed any fruits because a person who is a disciple produces fruit in their life. The other three did not. Everything eventually for those three that, again, did not reach discipleship stage, everything was about them. You come to church because you don't care about the church. You care about meeting somebody, business things, all the different things you come for, men to meet women, women to meet men, uh, youth to meet youth, things like that. And those okay as, a, as something to draw them in. But what causes them to stay and become uh, important in the things of God is hearing the word of God. And so those three don't. But this one we're going to talk about now, which is the good ground. Take a look with me here at verse 20 through 23. This is what you're shooting for. These are those which are sown on good ground who hear the word and notice it and receive it and bring forth fruit. John chapter 15 and verse eight says this, in this is my father glorified that you bear much fruit so that you can be my disciples. Notice again, the fourth type of ground became a disciple. The first three come, thank God they come and thank God the potential is there and you keep preaching the same word. And honestly, I can tell you as a pastor, there was times I wish I had some bad seed because I look out there and these people never changed. The hard ground stays hard ground, the thorny ground and the rocky ground stays that way. They don't see, they seem to, everything's about themselves. They gripe and complain about me. I want this, I want that. And pastor, you should listen to me. And after a while, you know, you wish you just had some bad seed to throw them so you don't waste the good seed on them. No, God said in his grace, throw the good seed out there to everybody and pray. Perhaps one day they'll wake up and receive it and find out there's a life better than what they're living. And those that are living as good ground have found the goodness of God. They found the real rejoicing in life. They found the whole reason for living is to live for Jesus Christ and affect the lives around them. And so it says there again, they bring forth fruit 
first 30-fold, then 60, and some 100-fold. There's a growing process throughout your entire life. Even when you get to be good ground, discipleship keeps on growing and growing and growing. Verse 21, and he said to them, as a lamp bought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a lampstand, there's nothing hidden that shall not be manifested, neither anything kept secret that it should not come abroad. If any man has ears to hear, let him keep on hearing. My Lord, can you finally get it? What's he saying here? Keep hearing the word, keep hearing the word, continue in the word, continue in the word. If you have these things on the side of your head that can hear, then hear the word of God and keep on hearing it. Why did this ground get to be better ground and even producing as disciples? Because they kept on hearing despite the problems of life, despite finances coming in their life and the lusts of other things. And despite getting upset, despite having their, you know, their feelings hurt in church or not getting their way about everything, what happens is they say, no, this is the place of the word of God. I didn't come here so I could have a different carpet color. I didn't come here because of the wall colors. I came here because the word of God is taught. You make up your mind for that and you will find great success and great happiness in church. Notice what he said, is a lamp bought to be put under a bushel or under a bed? Your lamp is your witness. And he said, is the purpose of your witness in this world to put it under a lamp? Notice this, offenses of life are like covering your lamp. And when coming to church, you don't get your way. It's like putting it under, whenever you come and there's the, there's there's finances coming in your life and blessing coming in your life, that all of a sudden those things make you turn your attention away from the Lord is like taking your lamp and putting it under a bushel. Putting it under a bushel simply means, it doesn't mean you're not saved. It means you're carnal. And what does carnality do? Carnality is your flesh covering up the lamp that's on the inside of you. You're still a Christian, but nobody can tell it. You don't talk about the Lord like you used to. I mean, you know, I came to that church and after a while I found out, you know, although it was a nice church and all that, I found out this was going on, that was going on. I found it, you know, I complained about the temperature of the church and they wouldn't make it any warmer or any colder. I complained about how loud the music was, but they kept having it loud. I complained I didn't get the kind of music I wanted, but they didn't change the music. No, what it's simply saying is now you've left the church and what you're doing is you're covering up your lamp. Now nobody knows you're a Christian. All they hear from you is griping and complaining. Then it goes on to say, and the questions you have, verse 22, there's nothing hidden which shall not be manifest, neither anything kept secret that it should come abroad. God will answer your questions. Just keep on, verse 23, hearing, hearing, hearing. Keep on hearing. Fruit is the production or the proof of a disciple. A disciple is not self-centered, but he's God-minded and others-minded, primarily first of all. In this particular one we have again, only one-fourth of the ground became disciples. What are the rewards of the hearing ear? Mark chapter four goes on to say, at the end of that chapter in verse 24, the last two verses says this, 24 and 25, he said to them, take heed what you do here. For with what measure that you measured out, it shall be measured back to you. And to you who hear shall more be given. Let's fill that in. With what measure you measured out, he says, take heed what you do here. Again, filter what you're hearing. Listen to the word of God coming in. In fact, even take it and go by the word of God. One great verse of scripture in the book of Acts is when Paul went and he was teaching in these different areas and he came to a certain city and he preached there and all the people went back home and they looked up the word of God 
to see if what Paul was saying, because what Paul was saying was kind of new to them, but they compared it to the word of God. And Paul said they were more spiritual. They were more blessed than any person he had ever met, any town he had ever met. And that's again, what God wants. He's simply saying here, when the pastor preaches, go home and look it up, open up the Bible and see if it's true. Let the word compare it to the word. Let the word verify the word and what's being taught. That's why we have so many false prophets today is because people hear them say they're a prophet and they just believe them. And we're told in the book of uh, John, it said, don't believe every prophet that you hear, but test it first. How do you test it? By the word of God. And as you test it by the word of God, then you come to the conclusion either yes or no. Next of all, again, if they miss it, do they say they've missed it? It's impossible for a, for a prophet today to get 100% in the Old Testament, yes, but not the New Testament. No, in fact, you'll find scriptures in the New Testament, let the other prophets judge, or even later on, you should judge it yourself from the word of God. And this is what this is saying. It says, be careful what you do here. And when you do be careful what you hear, you'll test it with the word of God and verify that it truly is from God. And you'll grow by it. Let's read that verse again, verse 24. Take heed what you do here. Look at it, judge it. And then what measure you measure out, that's when you step out in your faith, it shall be measured back to you. God is simply saying, for mature believers, almost every prayer you pray is gonna be prayed. There's actually more scripture in the Bible against praying than there is for praying or the ways, wrong ways to pray as opposed to the right ways to pray. Because so often we do what James says, we pray to consume it on our own lusts. And this verse is saying, once you begin to step out in faith and you do it by the word of God, you're going to see so much that you've measured out come back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. It goes on to say, and you who do hear, more will be given. So you who hear the word of God, guess what's gonna happen? The more you hear the word of God, God can give more to you. Why? Because you have hearing ears. Verse 25 goes on to clarify that. For he who has hearing ears that keep on hearing, to him more will be given. You want more blessing where, where that came from, from God? Then keep your ears to the word of God. The word of God tells us back in Proverbs, it tells us there that, that the word of God and wisdom is like a woman and seek after her. And when you do, she comes complete with two hands. Don't seek the hands, seek the woman. And the woman who is a type of the word of God, the wisdom of God comes complete with two hands. In the right hand is length of days. In the left hand is riches and honor. Notice this long life and prosperity and blessings in life if you'll seek after the word. But then it says later on in the book of Joshua, when the Lord was speaking to him to tell to the people, it says, don't turn from God and his word to the right hand or to the left. Don't start seeking long life, looking at your diet, figuring out if everything's right with your diet, eating healthy, which really those two words contradict the word of God. You're just to eat and God will give you health if you have the right attitude. And again, attitude comes by how you follow God and your attitude toward him. And that's what produces, first of all, long life. Then next of all, prosperity. Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. There's the two hands. As you seek after wisdom, what's going to come is first of all, long life, which helps you to enjoy the finances. Notice the finances are not in the main hand. The finances are in the other hand. In the main hand is length of days so that you live long on this earth and enjoy the riches in the other hand. He who has hearing ears, to him 
more will be given. But he who has not ears that keep on hearing and ears that quit hearing from him shall be taken even that which he has. Why don't you make a choice today? You wanna be the one with hearing ears that God keeps pouring out on you and you keep on hearing or do you wanna stop hearing? Quit going to church, quit listening to the word of God. It says from you shall be taken even that which you already have. Well, that's good stuff, isn't it? I know it's been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening to these seven that have been on this series about continuing in the Word of God. And again, be sure and get the copy, the CD of these particular lessons. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.